Welcome to Beer and Gear with Felix and Wes. Brought to you by Highway Marketing. Now, we usually start these things off uh, talking about what beers uh, we're drinking. I know, it kind of looks like beer, but um, I got iced tea. Ah, well, you know, we've, you're not the first one to not drink beer on one of these. Uh, right. However, there has never been one uh, that I don't drink on. So okay. um, <laughs> you're allowed, you're a little later than we are here in California. Like when I first listened to the podcast, it was at nine o'clock. So I just automatically assumed that that was the time you were like, <laughs> recording. You listen to it. Yeah, of yeah. course. That's when we record is whenever you're listening to it. So. <laughs> we do we do the podcast around our drinking so yes, yes 9 a.m yes. sounds okay absolutely so <laughs> i am taking part of the uh oak highlands brewery tejano picano which Ooh. is a very nice brown ale with texas pecan um it's made right here Wait. right in dallas texas it's actually pretty fantastic so felix what are you uh partaking in today <laughs> you know what i'm doing that thing where i know the guest is not going to be drinking beer, so I'm drinking green tea today, oh, which is, which is not to say I won't bring another, I will probably bring a beer later, but it's still <laughs> early. We, we're doing this one earlier than usual, so uh, I'm going with tea. Three okay, o'clock? and I got the green tea too, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to, a, uh, I had a, a Japanese funk record in the house, and I figured, what can I, oh, green tea, it, it, it goes with yeah. Japanese funk for some reason. <laughs> everything goes with japanese funk absolutely <laughs> oh so um daniela what uh what exactly i mean tell us your story we always kind of you know after we do the beer thing the next thing we do we talk about is kind of how you got into this industry um you know most of us it's kind of a uh I don't know, kind of a, a captive thing where, you know, we were kidnapped at one point and, and now we've, we've fallen in love with our captors kind of thing. Uh, yeah. but, but really what got you into, into this, this business, I'm going to lose use that loosely business. So I guess if we're using your terminology, rat is my captor, my <laughs> day <laughs> rat and John Munson and all the team there. Um, I got in, because, so I came from England originally and I was working in events at a company in London and ended up in, in Los Angeles for a year. And I just fell in love with the music industry here because I was doing events for a cosmetics company. And, you know, I felt like I was on the outside of the goldfish bowl and everybody else had the cool jobs. Like I was just like looking in. And so I, um, all my spare time, I was just volunteering, and I bought my very first car from John Monson, who was the touring guy at um, at Rat at the time. And so he was the first person that I really knew. And it was, you know, I, I called him up, and I was like, "Hey, I'm bored. Do you want to hang out?" And he was like, "Okay." And so we'd find these adventures, and I started helping Rat just with small stuff on the side while I was working my other job with the cosmetics company. And then, and then there came a first job 
um, like a real job in in audio, and that was with HHB at the time, and a guy called Doug Schwartz was was managing that. Um, his comp- um, he didn't own HHB, but he ran the U.S. division, and so started working there and did artist relations for a guitar brand called Ashdown Music, um, Mm. also British. And there's a whole British connection going on. And then HHB got sold to Sennheiser. And um, I was still in touch with like John and Dave and all the crew at Rat because I was still kind of doing side hustle things with them at weekends. They were a lot smaller at the time. And I was like, hey, do you have a job? And, and, And finally, him, Dave and Carrie were like, yeah, we actually do. Like, come join us. And so, so I started off at RAT. And um, at the time, I, what was I doing? I guess I just went to gigs and did press releases and things like that. Um, and then finally, Dave was like, we got to have you earning money to keep you because we need money. You know, that's what every company needs. <laughs> and um so we started the sales division. I remember sitting in that office and because and they were only touring at the time or primarily touring. Maybe they sold the rat sniffer sender or something, but but not much. And he was like, okay, your goal is like two Audix mics a week. And I was like, okay. And, um, and then two mics turned into four mics. And then we were doing... Um, we had we started the sales division and then I took care of all the bands because John took care of the bands on tour and I took care of the bands when they needed to buy something, for example. And then a year later, I think we did like a million dollars in sales. So that's how the sales department was developed. It was just totally grassroots from an office in Oxnard. And, and now it's a big, substantial part of Rat's business. So a lot of the brands you rap is uh, the brands we sell. So that's fine. <laughs> I would also like to point out that the sniffer sender is one of my favorites. It's literally in my bag right there, right now. I've had that thing for years. It has uh-huh. saved my ass on so many things. That is amazing. And that, oh, that's my favorite thing. I've, like it's one of the only pieces of kit that I always have. It's like, I have a screwdriver, I have a flashlight, I have the sniffer sender. I mean, that's, that's it. So great. Oh, that that's really good to hear. They have a lifetime warranty now, by the way, little plug for the sniffer sender. And, um, yeah, I need more. I need another sticker though, to put on there that says what all the lights are, you know, cause mine uh-huh. is just like worn away and I have to look at like, hold it in the right light, you know, and try to figure out what the lights mean now. Oh, so I'm going to need another funny. one of those. Yeah, no, anytime hit me up on Monday and I'll get you whatever you need <laughs> awesome. and check you guys out. It's, so funny like that has become such a big part of rat's business dave always wanted he's always building things and remember my very first week at rat um he loves to take things apart and see how they're made and then put them back together again and and um i had a computer issue and he's like okay i'll fix it for you i'll fix it and um it ended up in bits all over the office. And he was like, oh, sorry, I can't fix it. That was the end of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my first week at RAT. But, but that, in the positive sense, Dave, you know, he's built this line of sound tools and um, they're really cool gadgets. So thank you for saying that. He'll be thrilled. Yeah, 
Very when cool. do you realize um do you know because because again you you met somebody that worked there and mm -hmm. you kind of came in of like hey let me just start working with you and helping and hanging out mm -hmm. do you know because because dave rat has had i remember reading about dave rat a long time ago and it was like wow i'm reading this article about this front of house engineer but it reads like a rock star uh like an article about a rock star um do you know he was that well regarded? Do you know who he was? Or was that something you noticed once you walked in and started working with him? What year were you seeing all those articles? I mean, I don't remember. I think he might have been on the road with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't remember when. Maybe Stadium Arcadium, maybe. Yeah. Just based I on the era. I, I don't know. I remember being like, it was really cool. It was like, wow, I've never read. An, and it made an impression because I also was mm -hmm. starting audio engineering and it was the first, I had never read, um, right now there are podcasts, there's magazines, there's a lot of stuff. That was the yeah. first time I remember consciously reading about uh, a yeah. sound engineer live mm -hmm. outside of a studio. It was like, oh, it's, this is cool. Um, I, it's, it's, yeah, I'm trying... it was like, it's just that guy that's there, you know? Uh -huh. he, no, I did not. And coming from England um, and then I arrived in LA, um, Obviously, I knew who the Chili Peppers were, and, and then through that, I, I got to know Rat. But yeah, Dave, um, I think the time you're talking about, he was doing a, a column for ProSound Web at the time. Does that ring any bells, maybe? And I've been doing, I've done a lot of stuff to my memory since. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thank God you're not drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, to Felix's point, I, I do remember, you know, as an engineer, it being weird. I, I don't want to say bad, I don't want to say good, but it was just different that all of a sudden there was an engineer that all the other engineers knew because he was getting press in some way, you know, like he was the first to Felix's point, he was the first engineer, one of the first, maybe not the first, but one of the first that like I knew his name. Like it's not, he wasn't the red hot chili peppers front of house guy. It was Dave rat, you know, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, I mean, even, you know, the, the big guys, Scoville and, you know, and, and, you know, big Mick and all those dudes, like, you know, you learn them later on, but at that time period, there were very few of them whose names were actually out in the, you know, whatever in the, in, in the engineering world, you know? So yeah. I want to say that maybe, Maybe, but I might be wrong. So um, that's the hard thing about recorded things. Like you can replay them and be like, oh, no, that's not true. But I want to say that there was one tour with the Chili Peppers that he went on and he started a blog. And it was a blog of what was that's going what on. Was. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yes. Behind the scenes, yeah. on the tour. So on his days off, all he'd do was upload this blog and it became mm -hmm. a resource of information for people to learn. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that that was the start of it because mm -hmm. his, his thing was like, cause we would get emails all the time through rat. Hey, could you help me with this? Could you help me with that? So what he kind of did was these questions that came up time and time again, he'd answer them, but in a public way. So he wasn't just one-on-one. -on -one. He'd be like, okay, if I, I want to give this information to everybody, not just one person. So they have all this insider info, like why not share it and, and make that a tool? And um, 
that was year 2003, 2004, I believe, maybe 2005. And I don't remember even having social media at that point. So the blog was kind of the first intro into into that. I remember it was 2008 when we started the Rat Facebook page because I remember because um, we created it together and um, and that was another resource. We used to share things through that, but that's, yeah, social media. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. Totally. <laughs> So when you when you came into this side of the business, you're coming from doing production for uh, a cosmetic company, like they were doing yes. shows and events and things. You know, yeah, yeah. So when you started working at at Rat Sound, you said you were kind of in charge of the the sales side of it, basically the mm -hmm. the shop side of it. Did you get any kind of like uh training into uh like the audio side of things did you deal with any of that stuff at all or was it just kind of here's the gear sell it you know that's exactly how it was and for better or for worse i was lucky that rat was smaller at the time but that was my first intro into audio and I relied heavily on John Munson. I think it drove him a little nuts. He was like, why do we even have this girl? Um, but on the flip side, they had somebody dedicated who could give clients like one-on-one -on -one and, and not be distracted by other parts of the business. And I don't know if I'm correct in this, but I want to say that maybe Rat at that time, we had the touring, which is obviously our main bread and butter. So it was the first time that a touring company had an official sales division that was just totally dedicated to sales. Mm. So, so I kind of learned as we went along and, and just figured out what people, it was a lot client driven, like what people were asking for is what we, we bought. And then we started to stock and, and yeah. It seems like that's how it's pretty funny because I've talked to everybody we talked to. That seems to be the case. That's how they learned. Go. Uh, I always joke that my I, I used to work at a guitar center playing in a band and basically selling guitar strings and, and pedals and, and, right. <laughs> and stuff. And uh, But I, I was the only one speaking Spanish in the store. Um, okay. I think in all the stores in the Dallas area at that time. So it was kind of like I got every time they needed translation, I would go. And a lot of it was on the pro audio side. Mm -hmm. So much so that at some point they go like, why don't we just transfer you and you sell pro audio. And mm -hmm. I would never forget it's a Monday and I go in and I, I used to translate for other people. My first question is, dude, what's a crossover? Because I've been selling crossovers for the last two months and I have no idea what it is. All I say is like, you tell them, ask him if you want a crossover. Do you want a crossover? Yes, he wants it. And then we sell it. But I don't know what it does, man. So, uh, That's so reassuring to hear because I thought I was the only one. Everybody I speak to is like doing it in school or doing it wherever and and it, it feels like younger because now the the information is out there and it's more established the younger generations are definitely studying more and learning more but but we keep hearing of people i mean wes is probably the first one that he went from planning a band to to start doing sound for people and you probably learn more wes on the go yeah uh, you're just everybody says this i mean it's it's funny. I mean, I say everybody, that's a big generalization, but so no, many of the people, hey, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. 
so so many of the people that I know, uh, they got into this, they fell into it backwards, and it was really just somebody came up and said, hey, can you do this? And they went, sure, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And in their head, they're like, I have no idea how to do that. But they did it, and they didn't blow anything up or kill anybody, so mm -hmm. they got an offer again to do it again, and they learned a little bit as they went along, and eventually they ended up at a space where they're, you know, doing what they they love it and they just keep doing it you know so it's it sounds like you kind of fell into it in kind of the the same kind of way you know totally i, I want to ask you guys a question because maybe you guys like i feel with social media and the amount of information out there now and it's very easy to look at say a company that looks so big because of what they're doing and forget that everybody started somewhere and that that kind of any kind of success just takes time and it's putting one step in front of the other and building and building and building over time um i just feel that some of the people i've talked to they get disheartened because they think oh it should be this way like immediately but no in order to create something or learn and, and create a business it just you have to just keep plugging mm -hmm. until and, be, and, and to me, be willing to change what your idea of success is, you mm -hmm. know, like for the longest time for me as an engineer, it was like, oh, I'm going to go out on these big tours and I'm going to do all this stuff. And after I had a family, I, I got to the point where it was like, oh, you know, success for me is being able to do the thing I love and still see my kids, you know, mm -hmm. like that's that it changed, you know, and along the way, I, I always make the joke, do it for the story, I, you know, along the way, I did a lot of crazy things that I have great stories about. About, but at the end of the day, they all led me to be on a different path than I than I thought I was going to be on when I started. So if you're willing to adapt to that change and be willing to see that maybe what you think now is quote unquote success mm -hmm. in 10 years, that might be something completely different, but that doesn't make it invalid, you know? A hundred percent. And I think um, you only learn what you like and don't like by by doing and and we we get a lot of resumes for people who want to go straight on the road but then maybe on the road it's not exactly what what they think it is yes. when you're up at 4 a.m <laughs> loading out a show mm -hmm. and maybe they're more suited to the sales side or the or whatever that looks like for them um yeah i love that point that you just made Especially yeah. when you mentioned social media, and this is something mm -hmm. I noticed. I, I, I clearly remember talking to a good friend of mine who's he played, he's a performer, and what seemed to be on top of the world and, and, and nothing but success. What you see in social media, you see a snapshot of their day. I'm taking a little part of my day to look at that little snapshot, and we're talking, and what's not on the picture is. Yeah, it's on the picture that he just played national TV and all this stuff, but it's not the fact that has a newborn baby haven't seen in two weeks and mm -hmm. and and, and mm -hmm. it's been difficult and it's just really grueling and um, it's really hard work. And I think the same applies to to a lot of companies and successes you see. Um, and yeah, I, I I do see a shift in a lot of the conversation that people talk more about the struggle 
and, yeah. and 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 I think the stories definitely show that when you I think social media allows you to do stories and you see oh this is what's behind mm -hmm. that picture and some people are honest enough and candid enough to share that yeah when I think the pandemic has really brought that out too because we had so many people on this side of the industry that were at home and they had to figure something out you know so I, I think and we've talked about this before that the whole sound industry kind of raised everybody up and kind of all came together and, and a lot more of those stories came out where, you know, they were people who are out on the road could say, yeah, you know, I mean, this is the first time that I've gotten to hang out with my family for any kind of extended period of time. And it's amazing, you know, and it's really hard not being there for them. And, you know, like all the things that, you know, I'm in terrible shape, you know, because I'm just getting beat up every day. And, you know, all those stories kind of came out because we had time to take a breath and tell them. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. The pandemic changed a lot of things and yeah, it's, it's been hard. But How was it for you guys? Because you probably had a lot of big tours and big plans for last year. That we did and I'll speak for myself rather than right as a whole. So the first, the first like month or two, I was just in shock. Um, and I remember Dave at the beginning, he called me up. It was around end of March, I think it was. And he's like, okay. And I was like, what? And, and, um, he's like, I've done some research into pandemics from like when pandemics happened, like the very first pandemic. I'm, I'm like, okay, continue. And He's like, every single ounce of my research, I think that this is going to last 18 months. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so we got to figure out a strategy. And off we did, based on that information, like we put in place an 18-month strategy for RAT that we knew that touring wasn't going to happen. We hope that he was wrong, but, but just based on everything that he'd like researched and, and just discovered, he was like, we have to just prepare that this isn't going to come back. And so, um, you know, it was, it was very hard and thank goodness we rat was diversified. We had sales, we had installs and we have touring. So we have three separate, parts of the market and um and sales and installs for whatever reason like in california you could still and contractors i guess they were covered to you could still do that and and thank god we had that luxury of being able to continue with that side which which carried through the pandemic and kept rat um thriving you know but if we talk back to social media you know it's like I got an email from somebody and they were like, oh my goodness, it looks as though you guys are rocking out. And yes, in certain respects we are, but we're not all hanging out like, like it was a year ago. You know, it's been very difficult. So, um, so does that answer your question? I, I kind of feel I've gone off on a tangent. Um, yeah, we, yeah. So, but, oh, coming back. <laughs> um, like just my mood fluctuated throughout the years. I remember the Jam Landy from Soundbroker, he had an industry podcast and every week I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And then 
And then it'd come Friday and I'd just feel like really down and depressed and just kind of, ugh, I can't even speak to anybody. And then finally he's like, I'm not going to invite you anymore because you never show up. And <laughs> I was like, oh, Jan, like it's not personal. Just like my heart is broken. Like some days are just really, really hard. And and other days are fine, you know, it's just it's just been like that. So um I'm sure I'm not alone in that feeling. I, I, was I, I was texting with a friend once and he picked mm -hmm. up the phone and called me. I was like, I can tell by the way you're texting me, you got the COVID blues. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely relate to that, that heartbroken thing. You know, it's, it, it was very stressful that all my friends, you know, that because, you know, even though I'm on this side of the industry now, all my friends are still on the production side, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it was very difficult. You know, I'm, I'm reaching out to those guys. Is there something I can do? Can I help you out in any way? You know, and it's just it was just depressing. As time went on, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse, you know, and, and they're working at Home Depot and driving for Uber Eats. And it's just like, Oh, God, what a beat down, you know, so Yeah, I, I feel you in a big way on that one. It was it was definitely depressing for for a while. So and I kind of had survivor's guilt because I'm, I'm not in that side of the industry anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't getting, you know, just beat down by by this whole thing. So, yeah, I, I get it for sure. Yeah, but but through that, I've seen people doing really creative things and mm -hmm. and and now now that it feels like we're coming out of it. Um, I'm like, oh my goodness, where did the year go? Like, I've seen people have all these creative pastimes. Like, you guys have created a podcast, and I'm like, what did I do with my year? Like, <laughs> did I do enough? What did I just like? We, we started the podcast feeling end. high and low. <laughs> what? We started the podcast towards the very end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we did we we didn't you know yeah there was there, no I didn't learn to crochet or you know do all those cool things yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do any of that stuff yeah, I hurt my liver real bad that's that's really what I did over the pandemic right I remember in April when I was like this is gonna go long I think it'd be a good time to go through all my uh, jazz records and, and and play along with them and and get deep into them and that's exactly not what I did <laughs> it sounded like a good idea but oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I think I think I had a ton of good ideas. That's that's what I did for the pandemic. Have a ton bodybuilding. Of it was going to be good. I was going to get in shape. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That really worked out. <laughs> hilarious. Okay. I don't feel too bad. Then. <laughs> no, I, I, I think for everybody baking a bread, there's four of us going like, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> Looking on Instagram going, hey, that bread looks good. Yeah. I have a friend that makes bread and I used to buy from him. So he'll come bring a, a whole uh, sourdough bread once a week. So <laughs> Cut out better the than I would ever do. Yeah. And he worked in a kitchen. So I, I was supporting a friend. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. I did grow some tomatoes. Does that count? Absolutely. Absolutely. I yes. went to Home Depot and I bought a lettuce plant and a tomato plant. And, and I now almost have my first tomato. So. <laughs> <laughs> so on the so you do the sales uh for for rat sound and 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 take care of of that side of the thing so what have you seen since you started how long have you been doing this for 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 rat 18 years okay so <laughs> you've probably seen a lot of changes in the industry in that time period so what 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 is different what is the biggest thing that you think is different now versus when you first got into it 
Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm on a job interview. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have a beer. How could you be on a job interview? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, you must've had some way better job interviews than me. <laughs> um, what do I see that's different? Probably the technology. Like when I started, we were still using Dave Rat's rat traps on the Gobi stage at Coachella, mm -hmm. like that he built himself and put together. Now everything's so, so sleek and just sophisticated. Um, and the gear just keeps getting better and better. Um, yeah. Oh, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, you know, anybody who's been in this industry for a while can definitely say that the the, the transition to digital was, you know, in, in all aspects of it, everything from consoles to wireless to all of that, there's a big, that, that was a sea change in a huge way. Um, you know, I'm oh, the yeah, old guy. Big, heavy consoles Ugh. loaded up in the truck. Oh my goodness. And yes. We, can we have a warehouse full of, old analog consoles if, if you have a midas it. heritage you're trying to get rid of i'll give you my address feel free to ship it to me i'm totally cool with that i'll store <laughs> okay. it here for you just to get it out of your warehouse i know it's just taking up space yeah. i'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> it's funny like we do get some inquiries because we have them on our ebay site but then people realize how much shipping is for that heavy thing and then <laughs> mm -hmm. they're like you <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like, it's like getting a piano from somebody on Craigslist. Oh, it's free. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is not. I learned that. There's some sweat equity in that for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, as the old guy, I was there from the transition of you know three guys hanging off the back on the easy tilt, pulling the the console down so you can tip it over to oh here's two Cat Five cables. That's my drive snake. You know, like that that happened to me where i'm like what what is this where's yeah. the copper you know so mm -hmm. yeah i was i was there for that transition it would definitely a sea change so you uh you do the sales side of of everything and you've been working for that product sales i just want to clarify that not kind of touring sales where i'm getting clients right. it's, it's more product sales right the 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 the, the store quote unquote you know like yeah that, I guess that it is. yeah, yeah. So, and I've noticed that that uh, Rat Sound has really pushed out because when I got my my sniffer, uh, Cinder sniffer, um, that was really the only thing, you know, like that was the first thing that I ever saw. And everybody, I saw a touring guy come through with one, and he's like, "Oh, I don't have to chase down lines anymore. I can just plug this into here. Runs off phantom power. I plug it in here, and I can see everything that's going on." I was like. Oh my God, like that was, that's amazing, you know? So I bought one, but now you guys have a huge range of, of products that are actually made, you know, are rat sound products. What are some of the things that you guys have, have come out with? Oh, we have, um, so if we're following the line of the sniffer sender, we now have an NL4 tester, the NL4 sniffer sender, quarter inch DMX, um, and then we had the mic swapper and, and then the thing that's kept us very busy in the pandemic is the, um, cat line there. Um, God, I'm blanking. I sell these every single day and now <laughs> I I'm put like, you on the spot. Now you can't, your brain just, yeah, now I can't even think. oh my goodness. 
fill me in. <laughs> so the, the audio over yeah, category the cable. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And the shielded cable and, and super cad and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. And that's, highly popular so you guys do your own correct me if i'm wrong you guys do your own uh category cable uh like like tactical cables and 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 that kind of thing for for runs and it's some kind of specially formulated thing like looking at the website it's kind of hard to tell so give me the scoop okay. what is what is up with that as a nerd i really the, want dummy, to the dummy's guide to the super cat cables um we have Three in total right now, We black and purple. The purple was the first one that came out, and Dave, I, I think he chose the color because it's kind of cool, or maybe that was the only color that they had. Um, and um, it coils like a mic cable mm-hmm. and pretty, really flexible and just, just great. And he did his research and all the rest of it. Then we have the entertainment grade, which each, it, each separate wire is shielded. So, mm-hmm. so, and that you can drive over it with a truck and it would be totally fine. Wow. So, um, yeah, check out soundtools.com is the website and it's all on there. And we have a whole sound tools department now who are run like its own mini company. When Dave, Dave was like, I want to go into manufacturing. And we all just thought he was nuts. And we had, I think, the sniffer sender and the NL4 tester, maybe the quarter inch at the time, and three products. And he wanted to create his whole manufacturing division. And it was just so much money and time and R&D. And, and now hugely popular and... I want to say it's brilliant, but I'm a little biased. But I think that <laughs> I think you know, I have to hand it to him. He's like super smart, and I don't yeah. think that because he's pays my paychecks. Like, <laughs> <kind of> his. <laughs> he, he has always struck me as kind of the mad scientist kind of guy, you know, like, and you were talking about him tearing things apart. I, I mean, I've literally watched videos of him just tearing crap apart, you know, like, that's just like, oh, I'm gonna see how this works, you know, and I can relate to that to a certain extent, you know, I was always the guy that would be like, Oh, this thing's not working. Well, give me a screwdriver. I'll see if I can fix it. I have no idea what's wrong with it. But you know, I can't hurt anything. It's not working now. You know, so what am I gonna do? Make it not work more? You know, so yeah, his, his brain, that's just the way his brain works. When he was 16, he was working at Hughes Aircraft. And I, I think I'm getting the story straight. He, he built like little speakers like for everybody's desks. And, and I think he ended up getting fired for that or something similar. But, <laughs> um, but he's always been fascinated into building, developing, figuring out how things work and and, and then his first speakers um, that he built with his friend, Brian, Brian Rat. Um, that was the start of Rat Sound. And they, they were harder to climb, I think, for the punk rock kids in, in Hollywood. Um, and so Golden Voice started to hire Rat Sound speakers and and then that's how. And then Black Flag, and then it all just went from there. Exactly. So. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and yeah, Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, and Carrie Keys, and yeah. 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 So, um, how well do you know Carrie, by the way? Oh, really well. She's such, you know, she's family. Like, Matt, Carrie, they're all one big happy family. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> 
So what, great. what was your involvement with Sound Girls? I know. Um, I, I know I've seen you all over the place with Sound Girls uh, up until recently. I know you were involved with. Yeah. Um, so Rat, if I go from current day, like previous, and I'm talking current day, pre-pandemic. So um, we run trainings at, at Rat for Sound Girls and with different brands. We had a Sure one. Um, I want to say Alan and Heath too. Um, trying to think of the brands you rep that maybe we did training for. Um, so we, we host things like that. And um, I've been friends with Carrie since almost when I started in the United States. She was one of the first people that I met, going back to that conversation. And I remember when she started Sound Girls, um, she'd just been on a panel with a bunch of women, high profile women. and had such a great time and realized how powerful it was for women to be sharing their stories and, and to know each other. Like a lot of the people on her panel were, had their paths had never really crossed before. And so all of a sudden they were thrown together and they're like, wow, we should all, why aren't we all friends? And so there was that going on. And then separately I'd asked Carrie, I, part of this charity called Step Up, um, which is down in Los Angeles, and they do a lot of work for at-risk teens and showing them because they believe that you can't be what you can't see. So you have to have either role models or, or something to aspire to. Like, how do you know that some of these jobs even exist if you've never been shown them? I, I know when I was growing up, I... I grew up in a really small town. I thought that taking banking, for example, I thought banking was working in Wells Fargo. I didn't realize there's a whole industry around it. So, so rewind back to that premise. Um, I This particular charity did career days. And so they take the young women to either a law firm or or teach them a world into marketing or banking or whatever that looked like. And so I was like, okay, one day, can, can I do a, a, a day for the music industry and show, show these young women what, what type of jobs are out there in the music industry? And I, ha I hired out the Roxy Theater on the rocks. They have that, that entertainment venue on mm -hmm. Sunset. And um, I brought down Carrie and... There's myself, another woman called Jeannie Alfonfesta, who is the producer on the Foo Fighters documentary. Mm -hmm. So we had film, road, and kind of office manufacturing sales. And, and then um, somebody else, oh my goodness, who was the fourth person? Uh, I want to say it was another sound engineer. But, oh, I'm blanking. But anyway, um, so anyway, we did this panel and and showed the girls how to put on a concert and hear firsthand like the stories from how people got their foot in the door. And, and the girls seemed to love it. It accumulated in a concert that night. And, and Carrie, about a couple of weeks later, she was like, hey, what about if, if we started, or her and her friend Michelle, she's like, what do you think? Like, if we create this mentorship organization and give people or women in the industry the chance to have mentors, see what's out there, learn how to get ahead, 
in this industry. What do you think? And I was like, oh my goodness, that's a great idea. And so, so that helped with the social media and push. We had a lot of like pretty popular social media. I think we have like 40,000 people on our social media right now. So it was an easy way to kind of cross promote and, and Carrie's done an incredible job. It's just blown up and it's not just women, it's men, it's anybody who wants to join can be part of Sound Girls and, and they have trainings and it's just, well, I guess everybody who's listening to this probably has heard of it already, but um, yeah, she's really done an incredible job with that. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, having worked in this industry for the amount of time that I have, I, I vividly remember the first time that I had a, a female monitor engineer come in and I, <laughs> I had a whole conversation. I had two conversations with her one about how women can hear frequencies better, higher frequencies better than men. You know, like it's a, it's a thing. It's, you know, it's science, you know, it's just, it's the way that your ear works and how, you know, women would be better at this job than, than men. And two, she told me a whole story about how she's just tired of every time she walks into a venue, people think she's the girlfriend of the guitar player or whatever. She's like, no, 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 I really do this job. And, and they would yeah. laugh and be like, oh, you're so funny. No, seriously, where's the engineer? And I'm just like, oh, that's gotta be terrible. And she's like, yeah, pretty much every day just sucks. You yeah. know, and I'm just she's like, oh my God, I feel so she's bad. Got, she's got some great stories. You should have her on because she's- I was gonna say that she drink beer. I didn't say does she drink beer? beer? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. So, well, that's cool. That's that's interesting that you were kind of there in the in at the the beginning of all that because that's something that's really I feel like again during the pandemic it feels like that 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 has really expanded and become more kind of inclusive and and larger than it was pre pandemic because you know again we all had time to do th things that weren't involving everyday 15 hour days, you know? Yeah. So it feels like there was more of that going on. Yeah. The, the network is amazing. I know a few times when I get a call, uh, in a, being, being a sales rep, it's happened that I get a call on a Thursday. Somebody needs a sound engineer for tomorrow for a private event. And my my line is usually I go to Willa Snow here in Austin. Mm -hmm. She's with Sound Girls, and immediately within very, very quick turnaround, she has three names to give me. She posts it on a board. She goes like, "I got somebody," <laughs> and pass her pass information along. Yeah, it's 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 been really, um, it's really cool to see how how yeah. how connected uh, the yeah. the group is. There's some really incredible women involved in doing great things for the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Will is definitely a friend of the show in a big way. She was our first, uh, she was actually our first podcast. So, you know, she's, she's fantastic in so many ways. Yeah. I, I listened to it. That was the one I listened to at nine o'clock in the morning on my drive to work. And, uh, but yeah. Oh, these people are drinking at 9 a.m.? It's crazy. Yeah, I, was, uh, I think it was early. It was like 8 a.m. in California. And then, yeah, I was like, and then you were like, okay, we drink beer. And I was like, ooh, oh. <laughs> well, we are in Texas. So, you know, we start early. <laughs> Danielle, this has been awesome. Uh, so glad to have you. Thank, Thank you for inviting me. You.